We get support from UC Davis, a globally ranked university working to solve the world's most pressing problems in food, energy, health, education, and the environment. UC Davis researchers collaborate and innovate in California and around the globe to find transformational solutions. It's all part of the university's mission to promote quality of life for all living things. Find out more at 21stcentury.ucdavis.edu. This is 99% Invisible. I'm Roman Mars. My friend Julia Barton. That's me. Is in a New York City apartment with Michael Idov. My name is Michael Idov, and uh, I'm the editor of Made in Russia, Unsung Icons of Soviet Design. And Lawrence, a parrot that sounds exactly like the building's door buzzer. And no matter how hard we tried <laughs> to cut out Lawrence, his door buzzer imitation cannot be denied. But maybe that's okay, because Idov's new book on Soviet design is an homage to the stuff of ordinary Soviet life. Cigarettes, drinking glasses, subway token machines. And it might be hard for outsiders to see what this seemingly random collection of Soviet consumer goods have in common. But Idov believes there's something that unites them all. To define this aesthetic, you first need to realize that most of these items were uh, rip-offs of Western sources, uh, you know, of varying qualities. They are imitations, like the way Lawrence the Parrot is imitating the door buzzer. Shut up, Lawrence. One look at the items in this book, even though they are shameless imitations, you'll see that the Soviet stuff is unmistakably Soviet. Take your Soviet soda machine. In those, carbonated drinks came not in bottles, but straight into a communal drinking glass, something chained to the machine. And the excruciating Soviet arcade games were designed by the Committee on Amusement. Most Americans haven't even seen these artifacts, but in a way, we're responsible for them. Basically, it all goes back to the kitchen debates. In 1959, there was this wildly successful American exhibit in Moscow. It's the official opening of the American Exposition, counterpart of the Soviet trade show in New York, and dedicated to showcasing the highest standard of life in our country. Vice President Nixon showed Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev around the exhibit, and they stopped in front of a model suburban home to address an audience before new American color TV cameras. There are some instances where you may be ahead of us. For example, in the development of your of the thrust of your rockets for the investigation of outer space. There may be some instances, for example, color television, where we're ahead of you. But in order for both of us, for both of us to benefit, for both of us to benefit, you see, you never concede anything. Michael Adolf says that despite Khrushchev's bombast and the recent success of Sputnik, the Soviets were humiliated by all of America's stuff. Khrushchev decided the Soviet people needed stuff too. But it was a huge struggle for the Communist Party to switch Soviet factories from producing tanks and rockets to cassette decks and hair dryers. Usually the way it worked was, you know, some party guy would uh, would come back from a foreign trip and, and bring in, uh, you know, a German radio and uh, give it to the engineers and say, uh, make one like it. And then uh, they would just reverse engineer it. And then they would look around for, you know, the guy who draws well. And they're like, all right, well, can you draw? Okay, you do the logo. And that would be the logo that would last for the next 40 years. 
The system produced a lot of strange stuff, but sometimes the Soviets did better than the original. Take the unbelievably cool magazine, Krugazor. No, everybody should just bow down before the glory of, uh, of Krugazor. It was supposedly based on something Khrushchev saw while in the United States, a magazine with a record in it. Idov calls it the original podcast. It actually sounds like public radio. That's <laughs> what it is. There would be uh, an article in the magazine and then the contents of the vinyl disc would somehow illustrate the article. You know, there would be uh, the sounds of the, you know, the forest or something like that. Or, or folk songs of, of some uh, far-flung tribe. Or this. What started happening over time was, you know, since uh, the people who made this magazine had access to something, you know, unbelievably awesome for the Soviet Union, which is, you know, vinyl of press. Uh, they started uh, slipping in a little pop music in there. It was the round tear-out discs in Krugazor that gave Russians their first non-bootleg recordings of everyone from Barbara Streisand to Pink Floyd to Michael Jackson. The main thing that unites the designs in Made in Russia is that they're often the only designs. Michael Idov didn't pick from shelf loads of, say, different cassette recorders. Most Soviets had one, the Visna. And the BK Electronica personal computer probably made Russian-speaking hackers the best in the world through its sheer awfulness. Nobody had any other choice. Far be it for me to suggest that this is actually a good thing, but it certainly simplifies uh, getting to know <laughs> one another because if you grew up in the Soviet Union and you're you know, my age or older, I already know so much about you. <laughs> including the song that puts you to bed at night. You know, if you grew up in the Soviet Union, uh, it's just seared into your brain. I, I can I can sing it for you yeah. if you want. How does it go? I think it goes, Спят усталые игрушки, Книжки спят, ла-ла-ла-ла-ла. This theme from a children's puppet show aired every night at 8.15 on Soviet television. You can't really call the crude animal puppets icons of Soviet design, but Idov put them in his book anyway. Because with their bright eyes and worn-out fur, Krusha the pig and Stepashka the bunny represent a lost universe. Eleven time zones closed off from the rest of the world, making their own stuff in their own way. The tired toys are sleeping now. That's how the song goes. Good night, Roman. 99% Invisible was produced this week by Julia Barton, one of the great radio reporters and editors. She's also part of the Oberlin College public radio conspiracy. She edited a few of my pieces when I did some stuff for a week in America, and I swear every single piece I've done since then has been better because of my contact with her. No kidding. You can find her at juliabarton.com. It was also produced by me, Roman Mars. You can find me right here <laughs> all the time. Uh, tell my kids I love them. This program is made possible with support from Lunar, making a difference with creativity. It's a project of KALW 91.7 local public radio in San Francisco, the American Institute of Architects San Francisco, and the Center for Architecture and Design. 
To find a link to Michael Eidoff's Made in Russia, Unsung Icons of Soviet Design, a very fine book if I do say so myself, or just if you want to look at some pics of cool Soviet kitsch, go to 99percentinvisible.org. Ласки закрывай.